This is the show where we pair the perfect beverage with the events in our lives. This is Let's Drink About It. Welcome to Let's Drink About It, the show where we proceed from the premise that every life event has a perfect cocktail to go with it. I am your host, Chris Bowman. I'm your other host, Benjamin R. Harrison. And joining us this week is the lovely and talented Sarah Parniak. Welcome back, Sarah. Thanks for having me again, guys. You're I welcome. can't believe you let me back. Uh, Very yeah. grateful. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, really. After that last time where you were so charming and funny and smart, we well, were like, shut fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> so, how have you been? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Busy? I'm good. I've been busy. Yeah. Been traveling a bit, which is sweet. Yeah. Uh, but happy to be back in Toronto and experience summer, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and rumor has it, I mean, we've spoken a little bit about this, but rumor has it that you uh, are out of retirement. Oh, yeah. I, I'm emerging from my four months of retirement <laughs> from bartending <laughs> to go back to bartending. Yeah, nice work. Because money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, money is well, the best. You are still writing, though. I am. And that was one of the reasons why you retired. Right. I mean, you can't call it retirement. That's going to be forever thing. Can't mm-hmm. stop, won't stop, right mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to actually get back behind a bar in some ways and not excited in other ways. But there's lots of, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun project and mm-hmm. there's good people. Would you, would you say it's like riding a bike? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I was a little scared because I like my arms have gotten super weak since I stopped bartending, like, oh, oh my, like, not minimal, as much shaking over your yeah, head. <laughs> my minimal upper body strength went to like zero. So, wow. um, I actually, I shook a cocktail the other day for the first time in a while and I was like, oh yeah, she still got it. <laughs> nice and frosty on the shaker. It was good. It was oh, good times. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, can you shaking them with your feet? Because I, I, <laughs> no. I feel like people have great lower body oh, strength, man. even when they don't have, no, I feel like that's body. so wrong in so many levels. Although, yes, I, like, I'm sure I could, you know, muster a stronger shake with my legs, but... Yeah. Just, well, the health department might foot have cocktail. something to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we're onto a hot new trend, you guys. Oh, oh yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Foot bar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had the same concern. That's the reason, the reason why I've taken a little extra time off of work. Was I, have a, I have a better name for it, actually. Oh, Can we call it Bar F? And then just on the sign outside, people will see it as saying Barf. Oh, oh, but see, man. this is this is kind of where it's I a mean, hard sell, Ben. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but I was just, uh, yeah, I, I've taken a little extra time off work. I, w- I worked last night, and uh, this will be two weeks ago. I worked. Um, yeah. But uh, and again, shaking cocktails and kind of worried about my like core, like having to, you know, you know, shake. And it was fine. Everything was fine. So oh, that's good. Was that your first night back? Sh- mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and then do I'm, you shake two at once to like? offset the 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 torsion did i what sorry do you shake two at once like one in each hand to offset the torsion no you know what like i actually more and more lately i've seen like images of bartenders with like three drinks in front of them you know where they like smack mm-hmm. the, the shakers down and then they just go to town i'm like i am not that bartender uh, i am not that kind yeah. of bartender i mean you have to be a bit of a, like a beast a beast bro tender to pull that off well you know? you know what i'll say this i watched a video of a woman making four drinks in under like whatever it was three like three minutes or something oh yeah that's rad that's just uh, yeah, efficiency and like, yeah and it's it's it was like just mesmerizing but yeah. also yeah i'm i'm, I'm uh what do they call that now? Like, like a mental lag, you know, like video game players get like comp- competitive video game players. You can't play after like older than 21 because your mind is yeah. just like not sharp enough. So, Oh, you're not, you're not, yeah. You don't react quickly enough. That's exactly it. That's kind of how I, and also, you know, 
I just like to put all my time and attention into the one. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, if there's no rush, then <laughs> Yeah. Why? Well, there's often a rush, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are artis- artisanal cocktails that need special focus right. and attention. Yeah. So he's doing the, he's taking the right approach. Yeah. Well, yeah. I like to think so. <laughs> uh, shall we get to it? Let's get to it. I have been uh, I've been dealing with something, guys, uh, in and I don't know if it's a New York thing or just uh, being thirty one thing, but I have been having a lot of trouble uh, keeping up with all of my all of my various friends, you know. Right. So I need a cocktail for that. Great. All right. Well, uh, why don't you prompt me, Ben? No, just go. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> so I have been dealing with anxiety uh, in my dreams which uh, has been uh, strange, and I need a cocktail to go with that. And how about you, Sarah? I feel like I've been kind of like more emotional than usual mm-hmm. lately. And I think, well, I, I had this, I went on a trip not too long ago, and I was in Haiti, and it was my first time there. And ever since returning, I've been like grappling with like these weird, I don't know, like weird emotions many feelings cool. all, all right. of the feels so i i kind of need maybe i need a calming drink you all know, right. something mm. to like you know curb all the emotions well i don't know if this is going to help but it, it'll help in one way <laughs> sarah you're going to be drinking uh, a hemingway daiquiri uh yes. which i'm sure you've had before yeah also known as the papa doble right uh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for that. Um, so uh, it's two ounces of, they're calling for Banks Five Island Rum, uh, three quarter ounces of lime juice, half ounce of Luxardo Maraschino liqueur, and half ounce of grapefruit juice. Uh, shake with ice and strain into a chilled coupe. Garnish with a lime wheel. Mm. Dang. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite drinks. Is so it really? You, yeah, it nice. really is. You, Boom. Uh, you nailed it. Well, I mean, I guess when you request a, a rum drink, there are probably like, I don't know, maybe like five go-to. Ma- yeah, mainstays. You know, well, yeah. I don't know. You can really do. Yeah, you can work wonders with rum. Yeah. Chris, uh, on the logic that if you know you're going to get out of bed as, as a winner, uh, maybe you'll sleep better. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, You'll be drinking something called Churchill's Breakfast. Mm-hmm. This is an ounce and a half of rye whiskey, half an ounce of cold brew coffee, mm-hmm. one cinnamon stick, a third ounce of grade B maple syrup. I don't know if you guys have the same maple syrup rating system up grade there. Grade B. Ours is just here. like stellar. Ours is just A++. Yeah, we, yeah, we are maple well, syrup. Grade, what are grade you B talking is, about? Gr- Grade B is not worse. It's just more maple-y. Uh, well, uh, we don't get more maple-y. You can't yeah, get more maple Great grade A is like is sweeter and more neutral flavored, and grade B is yeah. dark, darker and more uh, mapley. Well, but, here, uh, here, and then two two dashes of Angostura bitters. Um, well, that sounds good. And I I have uh, you I think you did post this drink a while back, and you sent I me did. a video of the same guy making it, but a different video, and it looks very good. Um, well, uh, let me tell you how to make it. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, so uh, first thing you're going to do is toast a cinnamon stick on an open flame until it smokes. And you can do that with like a, a torch that you would use to make creme brulee if you're fancy as fuck or just the <laughs> burner on your stove if you're like me. I'm going uh, to use a lighter. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
And then, um, so once that's kind of charred and smoking, uh, place it under an overturned chilled coop mm-hmm. so that the smoke kind of fills the, the, the dome there. Um, you're going to shake the other ingredients with ice until well chilled and then strain them into that coop. And then you'll drop the cinnamon stick in for garnish. Sounds delicious. I mean, I'm super curious. It sounds yeah. really good. Um, all right. And you, Ben, will be drinking something called La Louche. Uh, it is an ounce and a half of Hendrix gin, uh, one ounce of Lillet Rouge, half ounce of lime juice, a uh, quarter ounce of yellow chartreuse, and a quarter ounce of simple syrup. I'm uh, going to shake all with ice and strain into a chilled coupe. No garnish. Yum. Um, and once again, I, you know, when you, because we're often vague with our, uh, you know, our events, I just take it and run with it, you know? And so like, <laughs> you're like keeping up with friends. It's like, oh, this is mischievous. This has got to be mischievous. And I don't even know. I think I looked up what louche meant. And uh, it's, it's a French word. And I, I'll come, when we come back, I'll let you know what it is. But uh, Oh, I'm looking forward to knowing what it yeah, is because I wondered immediately. I don't think it actually applies at all. I yeah. think I might have got my signals crossed. Anyway, it'll be fun when I come back. Well, there's lots of ingredients. So maybe it can kind of like symbolize Ben's, uh, I don't know, Frag- his yeah. conundrum. Juggling my yeah. social life. Perfect. There See, you go. there's... And, and ultimately, as we've said many times in the past, there's alcohol in it. So that, that's how it applies. <laughs> I'd probably help in that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes everything better. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, All right, uh, let's, let's go, go make them. Yeah, let's do it. Cheers. 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 Clink over the mm. computer. Always a good yeah. idea. <laughs> Living dangerously. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do that. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel no more emotions. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, all it man. takes. It's the one I've seen step. so many dystopian sci-fi films that tried to imagine what you're going through right now. <laughs> do you want to try this, sir? Yeah. You wanna I will try I will the fruits try, of your labor? I will try Sipsy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. I like the cold brew. Yeah, it's In kind there. of a, it's hard, it's weird to mix the two tastes, but, two drinks, but. Um, oh, that's nice. Mm. I'm pretty sure what, uh, what Churchill actually drank for breakfast, though, was just like straight cognac, just yeah. followed his, by scotch, followed uh, by gin, yeah. <laughs> followed by champagne. I don't know if this is a, is a true thing or not, but the Paul Roger, uh, Oh, the champagne, champagne people came into the restaurant that I briefly worked in. And uh, one of them told me that the Paul Roger estate were the only people in France that knew where Churchill was during the war because they were shipping him <laughs> crates of, cases of, of and that. Cases champagne. champagne. <laughs> that is great. You I know what? I, like, I, I want to believe that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of true. do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Benjamin. Yeah. Tell us a story. Well, I, I don't have much of a story. More just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm here soliciting advice this week. Yeah. Um, I, I, think th- I think that's all I ever do, by the way. My, yeah. my impending, yeah, and I, and I just give you the worst possible advice, <laughs> which yep. is drink more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Best uh, possible advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that this is partly to do with the fact that the wedding is coming up, um, and I've, like, been trying to, like, you know, invite people and but there's like people that there's obviously like only so many spaces at the table so Mm -hmm. there's lots of people that can't be invited it's a pretty small affair Mm -hmm. and um 
I've, I've just been thinking a lot about the fact that I have all these friends in New York that I have a really hard time getting around to hanging out with. Like my, I have two college roommates, one of which I see pretty regularly, the other pretty much only in the context of me going into his office because <laughs> I use his company for payroll for my company. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I have another college roommate who lives like a 20 minute walk from my house uh, that I see like once a year at best. And like, I'm really close to him. Like he and, he and his boyfriend are coming to the wedding and mm -hmm. I really value my friendship with him. But like, we just have really, uh, not, not been able to like get a routine together where we see each other. And I feel like this, I, I don't know if it's a New York thing or a, an age thing or what, whatever, but I'm, I'm, having a tricky time uh, putting together socializing time with the people that I consider my close friends. And, and like, that's just one example, you know, I have half a dozen people that I feel like I'm neglecting my relationship with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would probably blame it more on age than the city. Oh. I mean, you, you, I, I mean, <laughs> oh, oh. only because, only because you live in a city that is, well, it's 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 big in its way, but you can get around that city pretty well, right? Yeah, um, and and I just think it's it's an age in the sense that like in maybe maybe less age in where you are in your life, right? Yeah, and I think that gets harder, and then right. until it doesn't, and then when everything starts calming down, you know, whenever it is year x amount of years from now, right? You know, but yeah, like right now, it's it's I think personally speaking, like when I lived in London, and I had you know a handful of new friends and they would tell me regularly, Oh yeah, nobody visits each other. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, it's a sprawling city. Yeah. And even like, I think Toronto, you know, everyone's wrapped up in their own thing and it, it's like a full-time job keeping up relationships, like <laughs> friendships. It is. I, it I, is. I don't mean that yeah. in a negative way. I just, I feel like I should just start a podcast with each friend, you know, you know I think have, so. I'll well, have to talk to them for at least an hour every week. Well, I'll tell you that uh, that tactic has got me invited to your wedding. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> do you ever, do you ever call your friends that you don't necessarily have the time to hang out with? You know, I, I, uh, over the summer last year was talking on the phone to Michael Hoffman and, um, he was like, Hey, you like, you, you know how, like, we're both really busy and have like our own lives going, but like, we're still friends. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, let's talk on the phone like girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, girls do like have a, like an easier time. But is that like, can 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 girls even claim the phone anymore? Like, do, do people talk I, on the phone? You know what? I'm I'm gonna cut. Well, I get what you're saying, but like, <laughs> I'm gonna kind of call bullshit on that because <laughs> I don't call my friends. But right. and I like I'm a notorious like phone yeah. call dodger. Like I screen oh, all yeah. of my calls, and I just like I, it's not because I don't like talking on the phone so much as I like, I don't know. I just like. I guess I don't like being available constantly. Right. Yeah. There's, there's that. I don't know. I'm I, introverting. Oh, I've gotten to the, I, well, no, to the point No, it's not even conscious. It's like my own thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm yeah. a total, like I'm kind of like a bit of a hermit crab. So I'm like, yeah. yeah, but I'm like the most social hermit crab ever. Anyway, it's a weird dichotomy, but I've gotten, I've gotten to the point where I will not even look at my phone. If it starts ringing in my pocket, if yeah. I'm in public, because I don't want 
that person to be like across the street oh, and man. see me look oh, at my man. phone and then that put it away. Is a so you, horror. that's that's a guilty <laughs> conscience right there. You've done it, and have you been busted? I've never been busted. I'm I'm a ninja of screening my phone. <laughs> I like it. I like it. He has laser eye vision. He can tell who's calling without yeah. even looking. Yeah, <laughs> I can um, see through my pants pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just listened to actually there was um, there was an episode of Q that was talking about calling your friends versus you know not using the phone anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, this journalist, this Toronto journalist named Adam McDowell was making this argument for making an effort to call people. And he, he said, I guess he did it for about six months uh, while he was kind of investigating his story. And he said that his relationships with a lot of people, uh, even if they were just acquaintances or, you know, co- co-workers or people he'd like to network with more, mm-hmm. um, the relationships became so much stronger wow. because really? it's so exceptional for people to call each other on the phone so it means these days, something right? now. Absolutely. And right. you just, you're taking time and right. you're like, you're still connecting. And, um, I'm totally like you, Ben, where like, you know, some of my best friends from like high school or university, I like rarely see them, but, yeah. um, you know, when I do, we pick up like, you know, they <laughs> we saw each other yesterday, right. but, um, I do suffer from that guilt too, where I'm like, oh man, why don't, why don't we see each other more often? Why don't I just pick up the phone and call you? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'd like, I'm, I'm not, uh, practicing what I preach, but I'm just <laughs> saying that maybe you could try it. Well, you know what? Let's make a pact here and now. Let's work <laughs> harder. You guys, let's work harder. Let's put I in, like that. Put pact. in some work. I mean, I, I, I am nothing if not like, uh, all about my friendships. I mean, that's really... You know, my friends you really and are, Chris. Like that's that's one of the best things about you is you're like such a dedicated friend. Well, Aww. I mean, I mean, thank you, Ben, and I. You know, uh, I have a hard time accepting. I don't know if I mean, I think you're serious only because I feel that's what I am. But it's hard to accept the compliment, so thank you. But I really do make the effort to, like, go to friends' houses. You know, announced. I, I you know, I don't invite <laughs> myself. I don't show up. Uh, you don't Kramer it. I don't do the drop in. <laughs> no, uh, um, but. I really, because, you know, over the years that people have really helped me, you know, I mean, whether it's just like, whether it's just like me sitting and listening or me talking or, you know, whatever it is, like my interaction with my friends has helped make me who I am. So I I think it's like hugely important to people. And like, I used to think there was, you know, that, you know, time in your life, I don't know what age it would have been, but some sort of, you know, uh, mopey age where it's like, I don't need more friends. And that's like the biggest load of shit. I mean, you know, uh, even if it's like more acquaintances, you know, it's just people in passing and you don't know, and you're not obviously setting out to do this, but you know, you don't know what that friendship will lead to, you know, um, in terms of like just what you'll get from that friendship. And it could be the littlest thing to the biggest thing, but, um, yeah. Anyway, so I think like if you're talking about long time friends and yeah, you should pick up the phone at the very least, Benjamin, pick up the GD phone. That's the uh, wag of the finger to you, Ben. Have we uh, have we gotten to the bottom of what the word louche means? Yeah, we have. Uh, what is a, I don't know what the it. fuck I was thinking, but I mean, it's, maybe we can like uh, shoehorn this into making sense. Uh, it's an adjective, <laughs> uh, disreputable or sordid in a rakish or appealing way. <laughs> oh. uh, the the louche world of the theater is the phrase that they've given as a really? definition. Oh, I like that. Yeah. A louche, uh, I think, is also to add water to absinthe specifically. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure. Well, let's like see. That, let's like see. that weird 
jug with the yeah the little the <laughs> oh it's it's an early 19th century from uh french literally squinting squinting <laughs> so maybe maybe uh, it's you looking into the past or your yeah, friends squinting looking at you into your crystal ball <laughs> yeah wow. it kind of works labyrinth you can always retroactively make a cocktail work with the <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally yeah uh well yeah uh it's it's a good drink i uh i have to confess that i completely spaced out on getting Lillet Rouge, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm actually kind of glad about because I'm glad I didn't go spend $20 on something that I'm going to use one ounce of and then leave here in London Forever. and go bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I've um, had a bottle of Lillet Rouge for like three years. Yeah, you I don't think I've that. even that, opened it. <laughs> that is, uh, that is uh, it's just a bottle of poison now. <laughs> uh, so my my approach to substituting for that was... A half ounce of cherry hearing and a half ounce of Amaro Nonino, which oh I happened to have, um, thinking that I would approximate the color and maybe Is a bit of flavor. Is it very sweet? Um, yeah, I mean, Nonino is a pretty sweet Amaro. Yeah. And hearing is. And isn't there sh- yellow chartreuse in that too? You yes, say? there is. Yeah. But it's not a... I wouldn't say it's bad. I, I, I mean... I wouldn't disrecommend my variation on La Louche. Well, I mean, but I think maybe start with the official, and then if you find yourself uh, yeah. scrambling, then, you know, I don't know, think of something else equally yeah. as creative. Well, Sarah, why don't you maybe launch into a little bit of your... First of all, you wanted a trip, and this has sparked, yeah. sparked some emotions. It, yeah, it definitely did. So it was it was a trip for, uh, for rum, so it was like... A, authentic Caribbean rum adventure. So we went to Dominican and then we ended up going to Haiti. And um, I thought I was kind of mentally prepared to go to Haiti. We were in Port-au-Prince and... Uh, DR and, and Haiti are on the same They're island, both on right? Hispaniola. It used to be, sides, yeah, yes. it, yeah, exactly. So it was once at one point, you know, united. And actually uh, Haiti was the first Caribbean um, island or country, I guess, nation to get its independence. Wow. Yeah. yeah, back in like the the 1800s, like I think it was, it was the like mid 1800s. Slave uprising, right? Yeah, there was, and um, it, it, it at one point was one of the the wealthiest countries in the Caribbean, and now it is it is so not that, mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah. it's quite heartbreaking to see. And I mean, you know, the the earthquake happened in 2010, I think. So it's been five years, and uh, it like even the buildings that need to be torn down because they're hazards because they could collapse at any time, haven't, like, they haven't even done that. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's just like a, it's a completely, uh, I don't know, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. But, um, so we did this whole tour of the city and, you know, on no sleep, kind of hungover. We went to Barb and Core Rum, which was an amazing distillery tour. So I was just kind of like, there's all these ups and downs. And like, of course, they're taking care of us, a group of international journalists, and they're putting us up in like a swanky hotel and right. I kind of felt like a piece of shit. Like I was just, you know, <laughs> for lack of yeah. a better word, it was, um, I guess it was like the most emotion, like emotive day I've ever had, at least this wow. year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can make that <laughs> ever claim. Ever had this year? Sure. Yeah. I'm kind, yeah. I'm kind of sorry. Mm-hmm. The hyperbole is, is real. But, but, but still. I mean, yeah. It no, it was like, it, exactly. It was like super impactful. And then, but it ended with this amazing party at the uh, the Hotel Olufsen, which is like this incredible historic hotel right in the middle of, I guess it's kind of like right in the middle of Haiti, and, or of, uh, of Port-au-Prince. And 
it's like this, I don't know, it used to be a gathering spot for all of these artists and musicians and like Graham Greene wrote a novel that was, you know, fictionally based upon the hotel. Um, and yeah, it was, it's just this like incredible spot. And there's this, um, this group that plays there every Thursday night. And it just so happens that the only night I was in Haiti was a Thursday. So I got to go and see this group (laughs) called Rom play. And, uh, it was unbelievable. I think they call it like voodoo, voodoo rock or something like that. And it was the best party. I don't think I've danced so hard in so, like so, so long. I mean, so real, was, real quick aside, was that music kind of like uh, trance inducing type music? Or no, was it no, it no? was like, it was just like beats okay. and like incredible singing. And like, I think the, the band was like 13 people or something yeah. like that. It was like wow, a really oh, big, but the coolest thing about it and, and historically the cool, I think they've been playing at the hotel for since the eighties or something like that or, or early nineties, um, everyone goes. So there are yeah. like, just, there are no boundaries. Like anyone can go and enjoy it and they do and everyone's dancing and moving. And it's kind of this one place where like everyone comes together. Um, not just tourists obviously, but locals and, you know, uh, you know, white Haitians, black Haitians, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I so just that desperately was... want to say eighties, Haiti. That's <laughs> oh, right. <Go> <laughs> it was, it was pretty cool. So it was, a, it was a good way to cap it off. Mm-hmm. I think after like a long day of, um, yeah, ups and downs finishing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, d- I don't want to like, uh, sweaty and dancing. I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but just like nothing like feeling like a piece of shit about, you know, being like wined and dined and then like, going to a party right (laughs) Right. but you know at this party you drink shitty beer and you dance with everybody of course and yeah you're like actually being a part of yeah it was like it was a a very authentic Mm -hmm. moment yeah for sure and i heard that like maybe this is wrong but uh when i say heard i read recently that haiti was you know just a a vibe as vibrant and beautiful place as they are but it's just it drew the geographical short straw in the oh. way that, that it was like on the wrong side of like a sort of uh, some sort of like what was a mountain or something, some sort of separation between the DR and, and because obviously everyone goes to Dominican. I think that has more to do with the fact that Haiti has had an incredibly corrupt government for a very long time. Like it's, right? it's actually stunningly beautiful. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't go outside of Port-au-Prince cause I was there for a very like short period of time, but, um, you can like, it's so lush. It's so tropical. I think the name Haiti comes from like, uh, an indigenous, you know, Indian word for like place of tallest mountains. Like there are okay. mountains everywhere and there's palm trees and it's just like gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I think wow. it, it has more to do, like more people would go to Haiti if it didn't have, you know, all of these unfortunate problems and, yeah. you know, yeah. And I don't want to, you know, uh, diminish what Haiti is or Absolutely. was, but like, I just, I just read that it was because of that mountain range and, and they were, they just happened to be on this, the opposite side. And if, you know, yeah, anyway, I, don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't it, know like, maybe it caused a separation to begin with. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't, know. I don't uh, there's a, uh, there's a whole lot I don't know. So uh, yeah, that's just me uh, too. <laughs> that's why I drink <laughs> one of the reasons. <laughs> Those, uh, those bourbon courts are pretty good rums though. Oh man. So that distillery tour was like the coolest thing I've ever done in terms of distillery tours, <laughs> making all these broad <laughs> claims today. Um, but it really was. So sometimes you go to these, these tours and you don't get to see anything and they make you wear a hard hat and a hairnet and yeah. goggles and they just dress you up and you look and feel like an idiot. 
and you don't see anything <laughs> cool, so it's not even worth it. Um, and at Barbancourt... <laughs> you won't be asked back. <laughs> yeah. No, but at Barbancourt, it was the complete opposite. It was like, yeah, guys, I mean, uh, this is where we make the sugarcane syrup. It's boiling. It's yeah. everywhere. Get, get right up there. Just don't fall in. Here's a rum hot like, cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's our sugarcane shredder. Like, don't <laughs> wow. get too close. And uh, yeah, it was just incredible. There's like broken glass everywhere. They didn't give, you know, they're like... Watch your step. You'll be fine. Um, there's there's just a, a permanent sign on the wall. Days since last injury. Zero. <laughs> yeah. they, they don't even have the pegs for adding numbers. <laughs> but they, they really did give you such an intimate glimpse into the inner workings of the distillery. There was nothing that they didn't show you. Mm-hmm. And their hospitality yeah. was like off the chain. Mm-hmm. You know, we tasted all these incredible rums and... They were just, uh, they took such great care of us. And it was just, again, like one of the most, I guess, authentic distillery tours I've ever been to because there was just no, um, I don't know, there's nothing to hide. There was no pretense. It was um, really cool. I imagine, you know, to what you were saying about the other uh, distillery tours where, you know, everybody is sort of, uh, they have to stick so closely to the health and safety regulations. And, you know, they've taken... I mean, it's, it's like hermetically sealed basically. Right. Yeah. So you can't get close enough and it's you, like no flash photography. Right. It's like, what are we in the 1800s? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're going to spoil the whatever by yeah. flash photography. Yeah. yeah you, you might start a fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Um, okay. <laughs> is, is, uh, is, is Barbancourt like a Martinique style rum or is it? Oh, that's, uh, that's a really good question. So I think to my knowledge, uh, Martinique and I think it's Guadalupe have, um, a protected AOC for, um, what's called rum agricole. So they make it from the yeah, fresh so, sugarcane juice, right? And it's often unaged, right. although it can be. So Spelled R-H-U-M instead of R-U-M. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they also spelt, like, Barbancourt is spelt that way as well, but it right. isn't classified as the rum agricole because it isn't on one of those islands. But they do make it the same oh, way. So they, yeah, it's just not part of that... Um, I don't know. The Appalachian. Exactly. So, uh, but they do make it that way. They they don't make it from molasses. They make it from the fresh sugar cane juice. And actually, that was one of the best drinks I had when I was there was just barbancourt with fresh, uh, fresh pressed, I guess, uh, sugar cane. And all of of the sugar cane that they use comes from Haiti um, because they grow a ton of it there. And it was awesome. It was like, we had it in DR too, but it was like way sweeter. They probably sweetened it or something. But um, it was like super like all like herbaceous and grassy. It was yeah. like fantastic. It was that's so good. That's something that really interests me. I mean, over the years, you know, growing up in Ontario, what do we have? We've got some good uh, produce here. Produce. We got uh, corn. Yeah, we got apples, wheat. You know, but, we got but, apples. Yeah. And but the thing about going to California, it's really opened my eyes to fresh ingredients and like the shortest distance between harvest like you know like not to say harvest the table but like you know what i mean like i mean uh picking <laughs> Did you an go orange. to shape Panisse when you were <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> I, but but i mean I, something as simple as like an orange you know right. like yeah and that, that is I, i've said it so many times now it's it's stupid but like one of the highlights of going to california for me is like picking an orange off a tree and eating a tree ripe orange is like crazy to me. It blows my mind every time. That's so, pretty awesome. so I mean like <laughs> just that alone, like, I mean, sh- sugar cane, you know, where did, where do we get that opportunity? You know, never, we never get that right. opportunity. So yeah. I can only imagine. It doesn't grow so good uh, <laughs> up there. Yeah. No, um, no. I mean, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't I, fare so well in yeah, like you might negative not, 30. Yeah. You're not going to believe this, but it doesn't really grow that well in winter. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I asked, 
uh, that question, um, Sarah, because I've been making a daiquiri with a rum agricole lately. Yum. And really enjoying it because it's kind of it's a lot funkier than oh it's so your, it's so weird it's awesome white rum. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering how you're liking your daiquiri. I it's almost done. I'm <laughs> loving my daiquiri. It's actually like daiquiris are probably I don't know the daiquiri and the Negroni like battle it out for my favorite drink. I, but it, it's usually the lately it's just been all. all all the way daiquiri. You know, it, I think it is a seasonal thing. I mean, I, I definitely, as soon as like the, f- the first bud on the tree, it's like, oh, it's daiquiri weather. <laughs> <laughs> you like throw on your flip flops yeah. and you're like, cool. I like, just go shovel the last yeah. of the winter snow. So Canadian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's February. Time to bust out the Bermuda shorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you're enjoying your drink. That's, it's really that's nice good. Here. Yeah. I mean, tasty. you know what? I, I used some of the rum that I got on our Max Fun cruise, you know, many moons ago now. Still have uh, it. Still hanging on. Yeah. The, uh, the JM, is it JM Watling? It is. Yeah. The, the distillery I think that's in what uh, it is. Nassau, the Bahamas. I can't see that far anymore, but it's, I see the bottle and it's, uh, it's definitely a J and it's definitely a W. So <laughs> let's say yes. So, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah. I, uh, I went on their distillery tour and... It was fucking super lame. You couldn't see anything. <laughs> really? Did you have to wear goggles? Like, Did they make you wear a beard net? I don't even know if you have a beard, but... He just I've wanted to wear they, one. <laughs> they didn't make me wear a beard net, but it was like... I think it was like also a day where they weren't really producing, but it was just like a high platform where you could look down on the production floor and all you could really see was like barrels. So an afterthought. Yeah. There, was, there was nothing of, of any specific interest Welcome to be... Welcome to the afterthought distillery tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like bottling lines. I always fucking love to show you bottling lines. It's like, oh, cool. You see like yeah. two. You're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. It's hypnotic. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. And then yeah. like after a while, you're just like, what the fuck? Why are you so proud of your bottling line? Like this is yeah. because it's the safest Anybody thing that, that they can show Anybody that has $20,000 can have this machine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, warehouses and, and bottling lines are always their go-to. They're like, yeah, we make the rum or the whatever over there, but you're not going <laughs> to see any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of bottling lines, uh-huh. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> Cricket. Where's that, that going? Churchill's breakfast. Um, you know what I love about this drink? I'm the king of transitions. <laughs> I, uh, this is a fantastic drink. And what, what I love really? about it, yeah, it really is. And I, you know, I guess it could be considered a coffee cocktail because there's coffee in it, even though it's a half an ounce. But uh, what I love the most about it is that it looks as though, like, I actually feel like Churchill's been in this room and he had some sort of... <laughs> bathroom like emergency yeah. or something. it yeah. looks like he dropped his cigar in his drink and had to go have a bathroom totally. emergency or something <laughs> <laughs> but it's really i mean honestly I, i've you know even though i watched that video that you sent me then and uh it's it's i don't know this something so simple as this little cinnamon stick in my drink is impressive to me and that doesn't totally. that stuff doesn't often impress me but like <laughs> i just like that it looks like a cigar and you know i'm thinking of church hell while drinking it so yeah um i don't think i even made that connection until now that that was like no, part of like, the it, it looks the... perfect though it, it actually looks like that yeah now that you bring it up i'm like wow yeah that's all i can think about yep it looks like someone's dropped a dirty cigar in my drink yeah and somehow it mm. tastes good yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah so i i don't do you get the smoke off the uh off the glass yeah. is that present for you um it well it's hard to tell to be honest because like when i 
sip, there's a cinnamon stick in my face. So it's hard to know right. where it's coming from. But I mean, it was, I, I think, mm, I mean, the cinnamon stick was smoking when I put it under the glass and there was a bit of smoke happening. But I think with like, you know, when they suggest an open flame and that torch is maybe probably a smart idea because you're getting a, a quicker burn. Like it's getting, there's a lot more smoke happening, I think with that, but either that right. or you just have to be a little more patient with your, your, uh, shitty lighter, but, uh, patience is a virtue. It is. Yes. But yeah, so I don't know, I don't know if it's because, uh, I've been off work and like, I think there's a few things that's happening. Actually, I do know what's happening. There's like, I mean, I've mentioned recently, there's a lot of things happening in a short amount of time. Sure. Um, and one of those things is, or has been, uh, because I'm going to your wedding and I know that you are sartorialist and I know that there's going to be others there. <laughs> I have been stressing like a son of a gun, you know, to get a, something that I would be comfortable in that would pass as like, yeah, that's a, that's a nice suit. Like I want my buddy Ben to know that, you know, Ben, are I've, you going to judge him? <laughs> yeah, you said, I'm afraid I'm of judgment. Have you so judged guilty. him in the past? Like, like I've like, been like, the... I've already been an asshole to you about your outfit, even though I haven't had an opportunity. What are you talking about? How have you been an asshole? I mean, I'm just saying that that's how I feel right now. <laughs> oh, no. no, but I, I uh, because, you know, I uh, am a supposed middle-aged man who technically hasn't really owned a suit before. Uh, and so, you know, um, I was totally sweating it, totally sweating it. But, I mean, I have to say I'm very happy with what I got. But it, that, that was one of the dreams I had. It was like, oh, no. I for So basically, uh, real quick, the dream was I ended up in Los Angeles with a shirt and tie and no suit. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I forgot my suit. And then um, another one was uh, um, basically I was behind the bar at what was the Max Fun bar, uh, Max FunCon bar oh, wow. rather, and, um, but it was supposedly my work. I was back in Toronto and somebody was there that ordered a, a martini and I started, making, <laughs> I started making a martini and I was like, what the fuck is taking me so long? And oh then, <laughs> man, I hate those. I've had those so many Anxiety, times. right? So it's like, yeah, I'm working it out and I'm like, and then I end up closing the bar and realizing that they're still sitting Waiting, waiting patiently for their yeah, routine. That would room. never happen. It would never Within happen. Within like 10 minutes, they'd be like, listen, bitch, where's my yeah, routine? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then finally, recently, I had a dream of like an old high school bully who just showed up out of nowhere. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? And so it was like <laughs> scene to scene, right? Imagine if you will, uh, scene one, this bully's over my shoulder. And I'm like, whoa, I haven't seen that person in a long time. Scene two, the person is bigger and more of an asshole scene three even bigger <laughs> and even a more of a bigger asshole and 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 then i was just like this is fucking bananas and i don't know if it's i really don't think it was drug induced could have been because of uh you know medication from surgery and right. stuff um but something i, I tapped into something so all these anxieties kind of came to the surface and i haven't had like an anxiety dream in a long time um but i can only imagine that uh talk about tie-in uh <laughs> Winston Churchill woke up anxious a few mornings, you know, having to fight World War II and all. Maybe that's why he drank so much. I imagine it would be. Yeah. A Part pressure of, release. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, so this is a almost perfect, almost a perfect pairing, Ben. Wow, that's, uh, that's very kind of you to say, Chris. I've been looking for an opportunity to use that drink, and it was probably the 20th thing I considered when I was trying to find something for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So... Right, you did throw um, a few at me, and you know, time being what it is, and uh, circumstances, uh, you yeah. know, and the LCBO being what it is, 
You couldn't find certain <laughs> things. So. Wah, wah. Yeah. I was reading like a, an article about the, uh, so all of the states in the U.S. that have um, state-owned liquor stores or the state is the wholesaler of liquor and license uh, private liquor stores, mm-hmm. um, those those states are all part of an association that's like a big trade group. And it's like, uh, it is the the trade group that releases like the best and most detailed statistics on consumer demand except for the states in the in the list are like kind of you know like not not like backwaters one and all but more backwatery than <laughs> right not. right and more uh, backwatery than and, city center and and yeah like i i was reading this guy's article about how when he was like a market researcher he loved this organization because they released all these great statistics about consumer demand. And I was like, yeah, except for like, these are not the people that are leading the demand curve. Like, Mm. like they're not the ones with the like crazy craft cocktails and the, you know, small batch, this and that. Like the, uh, you know, the, the New York and California's of the world are leading that charge. And so, you know, you, you don't, you're not going to get Ricea in, in Philadelphia anytime soon because this organization like hasn't predicted it because it's t- they don't, 10 years behind. Know. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. But it's weird. I think like sometimes like I know I forget that, um, the way that maybe we like to drink isn't the way that the majority of people drink at all or mm-hmm. will totally. ever drink. Right. And nor do maybe we want them to drink like that because I mean, like <laughs> Rysia, for instance, like we don't get that. We don't so get it, it here. And yeah, but there's only so much of it. I mean, mezcal would be another example. And also it's not for everybody. Right. Right. Totally. So presumably the more you try, the more you drink, then the more you'll be led to those weird kind of funky things like, you, you know, your recent infatuation with uh, rum agricole. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, like I always, uh, I always, I'd spend a lot of time shit talking like uh, flavored spirits. Drinking habits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like uh, Alka Pop right. and stuff like that. Because I, I just think, especially because a lot of it's marketed to women and like a yeah. really shitty way and um but i you know i forget in my self-righteous rants that a lot of people actually really like it and that's what they drink and they a lot of people aren't drinkers either think, right I or think, they drink based on tradition or whatever we're uh, we're taking totally. the habit we're taking the long road for a shortcut you know we're like educating ourselves so that we can come back to what everybody else has already known it's like you know what <laughs> just like what you like and you know forget about right. whatever else you know mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, standing behind the bar and just like silently, look, I don't, uh, you know, we've talked about being judgmental on this podcast before. And yes, I can be <laughs> like everybody else. But like, you know, when you, in your worst moments, when you're like, oh, you know, like vodka water, you, you know, like it's the easiest drink to make. So I should be high-fiving these people. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like fucking right. Let's line them up. You know, everybody who wants a vodka water, you know, everyone, I'll just serve them up. But uh, you want people to... And I also don't like being taught lessons a lot at a bar, you know, so I don't, you yeah. know, I'm not a teacher, so I don't do it. But, you know, um, if somebody asks, then cool. But I, you know, you just want people to be a little more adventurous. Oh, at man. Times, Pedantic you know? 
bartender is the fucking worst. You're like, yeah. just shut up. Yeah. I, I think that's why my boyfriend doesn't go to bars with me anymore. He's like, <laughs> oh man, I can't even deal with that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. But like, you know, something like uh, those ubiquitous mixed drinks, I don't give a fuck about those. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a vodka water, sure. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. I'll like line those up. Absolutely. That's like, there's a saying in the bartending community is vodka pays the bills. And that's exactly <laughs> I know that, but that's, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, like what enables us to make and, you know, support like craft cocktail culture is obviously selling volumes and volumes of cheap liquor mm-hmm. marked up to $9. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really quick and easy to make, but Listen up, New York. That's Toronto pricing. Hey-oh. That's, we're, we're quite cheap. We don't even notice when we come to New York. <laughs> Super, except for your goddamn <laughs> exchange rate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I think that, you know, just certain things bother me. Like, um, I don't know, like flavored shit. And, like, well, yeah. you know, just like bad, like overly bad stuff. Yeah. It's like, mm. Well, so, I mean, I think, Ben, uh, maybe a, f- a fast break to what you've been wanting to talk about this week uh, and a little bit of uh, something we call booze news. Something we call booze news. That is the name of this segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when, do we get, when do we get our cool new interstitials that actually name the segments? Uh, you know the ones we've been talking about for six months? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It just takes us a long time to do anything yeah. around here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So uh, this um, this article I read, somebody posted it on the Reddit cocktail sub um, that has a couple of interesting points about this big lawsuit that's happening in the United States right now against the, I think it's Templeton uh, whiskey. Mm-hmm. They uh, have been accused of uh, lying about being a craft cocktail and um, Maker's Mark has as well uh, being handmade. I think Tito's Vodka yeah, that um, oh, yeah. has yeah. Been, mm-hmm. been in big trouble because they sell like a million cases a year, but they claim to be handmade. Right on the and bottle. it sort of calls into question like what small batch, handmade, craft, artisanal, mm-hmm. all of these terms actually mean. And uh, this article I read in the in on the blog Booze Business uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, talks talks about a legal. Um, I guess it's like a some kind of a some kind of a webinar for lawyers, like right. continuing professional mm-hmm. education kind of thing. Um, but they characterized the plaintiffs in uh, I think in the Templeton. Oh, in the Tito's case as uh sort of like the patent trolls that tried to the po- take podcast down stuff podcasting yeah that like read, read they, the same they don't really have like an actual mm-hmm. grievance but they and and like there's some some things to be suspicious of with both the attorneys and the uh the the plaintiffs in the case like the people that the attorneys theoretically represent mm-hmm. but they're saying that they kind of have a business of suing people that make claims that are you know, serial plaintiffs hard, hard to hard to back up because they have varying definitions, right? And they they you know settle in a way that like pays their fees plus a little little margin for their trouble, and um, and it's the the business is not so much about clarifying what craft or small batch means, but um, it's intimidation making, tactics, making money for these lawyers. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's hmm. I mean because it's it's uh, the way that article explains it is that. It's it's fear based 
and often the small companies. It's a really weird position to sort of, because I found myself thinking about Tito's and how it has that illusion of a small company. And I don't exactly know sure. how small it is. But if they're selling a million bottles a year, I mean, that's pretty substantial. A million, a million cases. cases. A million cases, million rather. Bottles. Sorry, a million cases, yeah. It's which is um, unquestionably huge. substantial. Um, but yeah. uh, so you you feel you feel yourself taking the side of the the corporation or this company massive liquor company yeah yeah and i mean that's something that i picked up in this article like i think that civil uh suits are like a really important part of any democratic society's Mm -hmm. uh system like you should as a consumer be able to redress your grievances with uh, somebody in court whether they're a huge corporation or just a small business or whatever or another person um and there's lots of like stuff in this article that makes me think that this guy is kind of a tort reform right wing type that Mm -hmm. doesn't want people to be able to sue companies that fuck them over right Mm -hmm. um but but also like some good points are made like i don't really know like that i don't I, i think that i think that the 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 phrase handmade is is not really doesn't have a specific legal definition so it's hard to make the case that Tito's is being yeah. But if um, it is made by a machine, like if it is mechanized, like a lot of distilleries yeah. are, then that is pretty false. I mean, like you, but you I can don't go know. all the way I've down to like been. the hand that flicks the switch the on to the on position. <laughs> I guess so. The yeah. guy yeah. that sits at a computer monitoring, <laughs> right. like yeah. But I mean, he, he makes a good point in that article about. I mean, now I I I think it's what. Not knowing again anything really about the Canadian versus American legal system, other than you know lawsuits in America are out of control. Uh, you know, well, but that's a, a median narrative. Like they aren't right. necessarily. Well, of like, course, that's just true. Kind fair of enough. Fair told. enough. But but you know, I think that's then that's it. Like I've swallowed the pill. I've I've I believe what I read in the way that like everybody's suing everybody for everything all the time. Right. I mean, yeah. As as extreme as that is. But, you know, he I mean, I have a kind of interesting uh, vantage point on that because I yeah. am uh, my fiance is a lawyer that defends big companies when they get in trouble with oh, their wow. customers. Interesting. And, you know, there are times when they know that the person that they're fighting is a career plaintiff and just right. like is in the business of suing people. Yeah. And there are other times when, you know, somebody has been like legitimately injured and is trying to get what they're owed right. by the companies and like both both things get tried in the same court because there's no real way to like determine from the outside like which is which right but i mean in, in so was i right in reading that they talk about um the loser pays scenario like where that isn't a thing in america yeah. is that right where I mean, yeah. let's say in Canada where it's, you know, if you sue somebody and you lose and you're paying both court fees mm-hmm. or both right. lawyer fees rather than in America where it's what, what's the, what's the other, what, how does it work there? Well, if you like, so if I, um, if I'm hit by a truck owned by the Walmart corporation, mm-hmm. right. I can sue the driver, the manufacturer of the truck, right. the, every level you know the walmart corporation like and 
and I basically have to because I don't know how much my medical expenses you are going to wind up costing right. in the long term. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a major difference. Mm-hmm. Then. And yeah. and you can't and you can't you can't go back to court a bunch of times over the same issue. Right. So, and and I'm also one person. So if I if I would was concerned that I might lose and have to pay Walmart's legal fees, like that would be a major problem because yeah. Walmart is going is. They're going to hire the like, best lawyers. Unquestionably going to spend a lot more yeah. on defending themselves than I'm going to be able to spend on prosecuting them. But that brings us or, that or, brings us back to this situation where they're talking about the fear tactic where all they want to do is just settle out of court. They just right. right they just want to scare people into saying like, "Oh, I can't I don't want to do this, so I'm going to I'm just going to give them the money they're asking for." Yeah, I'm going to pay you the go away money. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that the thing with the patent trolls on the podcast was instructive because it it wasn't really a an unqualified victory for podcasting when Adam Carolla just settled the case because that sort of left anybody not Adam Carolla size exposed to that same company. Right. But um, it also probably made that company feel like it wasn't worth going and trying so it probably had a chilling effect on that patent troll but right overall didn't really didn't didn't really serve as a victory for anybody mm-hmm. um but so the other part of this article that i was really interested in was they did a nielsen survey of 2000 consumers about the word craft and how it relates to people's perceptions of alcohol beverage products mm-hmm. and um, people associated with the terms small independent company, batch production, small batch production, handcrafted, locally produced, and artisanal among like a big grid of different terms. Um, but it seems like the results of the survey were that people weren't really fooled when really big brands were using those terms. Like mm-hmm. nobody really thinks that Maker's Mark is like a... You know, it's a it's boutique by, distillery, mm-hmm. right? And um, and nobody probably, you know, like I think that Tito's probably rides that line, but it's not necessarily like they didn't find a lot of evidence that people were duped by completely that. suckered by these companies, and also uh, they didn't find that it was necessarily like a selling point for a lot of people, like some some percentage of people are interested in getting craft liquors but it's not even close to 50% mm-hmm. from what uh this survey found well i think you know there there was that documentary years ago called uh beer wars and there was something about that about it was the the rise of the microbreweries and um right. the the big 3 or whatever there however many there are um sort of encroaching on that uh, territory and, you know, trying to shut the little guys down by uh, co-opting the term uh, microbrewed, you know, and, and, um, right. And I think it worked for a little while, but I think, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, uh, I mean, I can't remember how old that documentary is, let's say six years, but a lot has happened in six years and information has gotten faster and people are wiser in some ways. Uh, but uh, sure. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, like it did say, it gave credit to the consumer, right? Where they're just, it, it, it doesn't even have an effect anymore. 
Right. And I think that's an interesting point too, because I mean, like the, the drinking public, I guess this can extend to anything, but I'll stick to the subject is more informed and savvy than probably ever before. And that obviously has to do with a lot of different things like, you know, access to information and, you know, just exposure to all these different products and, you know, our podcast is obviously obviously a a huge, (laughs) huge source of information. But, um, (laughs) yeah, like I, I think that people do pick and choose what they want and, and they're not, you know, it's, it's harder to pull the wool over people's eyes. But that's, I mean, I think that's true of people who like, if you, any given interest, so people that are at least a little savvy within any given interest group, I mean, and then it probably fools a good, like maybe enough to make it worth printing it on their labels, you know, to sort of like catch those people that aren't wise, you know? I don't know. It's just a, yeah. I think well with except, vodka, except for the people that are turned off by it, you know, like yeah. well, yeah, it repulses some, some percentage people. of people that see that and they're like, I that seems like over my pay grade, and I'm not getting. Well, it. that's true too. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of thinking happening right now. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think with certain products, like for instance, if it's beer, which is like there's so many beers out there, even so many craft beers out there. If you're in the states specifically, mm-hmm. vodka, there's like the competition is stiff as fuck. Like that mm-hmm. is like a very, very aggressively marketed spirit. So, uh, you know, obviously companies are looking for ways to distinguish themselves, or so they think. Mm-hmm. So that's you know <laughs> they're gonna slap these shitty buzzwords on on the label because it they think it it helps and yeah, it probably does let's challenge a, a, an alcohol 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 okay. company right now <laughs> an alcohol company right now to just slap the little like a little like star surrounded it just says buzzword you know <laughs> let's see if that works any any owners of uh, any proprietors Insert of alcohol buzzword here. yeah sure pick a buzzword even buzzword why word. don't why don't the three of us get together uh-huh. and start a vodka company called buzzword vodka yes all right okay let's yes. shut this pot edit this edit this out <laughs> edit this out yeah yeah we don't want we don't want that great 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 idea no, seriously. Out. do not let that Somebody loose. beating us too no, no. that is ours um, okay you guys get it trademarked in canada yep. i'll get it sorted out down so here easy. guys this um, is our retirement fund <laughs> yeah perfect boom i got a we're going to be as rich as Peter. I got a ton of <laughs> yeah. potatoes in the backyard, you know, well, just <laughs> potato vodka. Well, let's not jump the gun. I, I want to explore, you know, barley and other, other things to distill. I mean, you wouldn't okay. be you, Ben, if you didn't want to explore every possible option. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. No, I mean, but... that because Ben is like, uh, Ben is like our friend of the show, Graham Walsh, where like, you know, you get focused on something and you explore it up and down inside and out you know and it's like the most admirable quality because i have the patience of a goldfish so <laughs> I, I need people like Ben in my life well we make a good team yeah we sure do well guys we've uh, started a vodka company we've revolutionized <laughs> the canadian and american legal systems we're taking orders um, now yeah yeah, I think uh, I think our job is done here for yeah, today. Yeah, drops so. Mike. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sarah, what? A, I think people should probably be following you on Twitter. Oh yeah, already. You, yeah, well, but if you're not already, then you should for right. sure. Yeah. Um, at s underscore parns. I don't know if we've mentioned this enough. Like, do we mention that you're a writer for Now Magazine here, which is like I don't know the Toronto. Yeah, so I write a I write a drinks column, a weekly one for Now Magazine, which is like a free alt weekly here in Toronto. It's been uh, published for about like yeah, yeah, exactly, kind of village voicey. 
Been around for about 30 years, so that's what Come I do. Come for the Sarah Parniak, stay for the Dan Savage. There you go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. man. I, if, if I could even come remotely close to Dan Savage one day... <laughs> And I'll just be self-actualized. An, al- an, an alcohol advice column? That would be... Pretty- oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's that basically our show, man. It could get dark. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically our show when yeah. when we take a call. We didn't this week. Um, we do have a few in the queue, and we'll get to them very soon. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you can follow Chris on Twitter at ChrisBChicken. And Benjamin at Benjamin R-A-H-R. You can follow our show at Drink About It, and you can follow us on Facebook. Please give us a review on iTunes, wherever you live. It really helps us spread the good word. Yep. And uh, follow us on Tumblr and everything else. And we should thank Graham Walsh. And wait, Paul wait, 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 wait. Let's first music of all, and art. let's first of all thank Sarah Parniak for joining us again. You know, we we asked her yeah. to come back, and she actually did it. She doesn't understand why we asked her, and we don't understand why she came back. So it's, uh, you know, it's pretty mutual. It's the mutual. beginning of a beautiful relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. No, thanks for having me, nice. guys. It's a lot of fun. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, um, thank you. Yes, yeah, so thank you, Paul. Thank you, Graham. Uh, thanks, everybody, and for listening. with that, we will be back at you next week with more life events and more drinks that go perfectly with them. Don't choke on your potato. (laughs) (laughs) The timing is impeccable as always. There's either like 15 seconds of silence or we talk over each other. It's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pretty good. Bye.